of you are blessed to be here already this morning. The vast majority, that's a good sign. Um, thank you for the song selections that we had this morning. I thought that they went, Aaron's song, I Need the Every Hour. Um, it, it just felt like it hit home. I, I need you every hour, Lord, but especially right now. Um, and I, um, I put the last song I put down as maybe concluding the service um, this afternoon, or this, yeah, this afternoon, guys, hang on. So um, the title of this message could be Focusing on Christ, and it's um, taken out of the text is taken out of Luke 9, 51 to 62. And I, I was thinking about what I was wanting to be talking about, preaching about this morning, and it was, or I mean, last evening. And it was like, it's going to be something about planting. I mean, uh, 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 you know, a farmer needs to talk about planting. And so, you know, it's got to be something about the springtime, and, and I was, um, I thought about it as like, well, I think I'm going to go into the, the part where it says about the plow man that looks back. And, and so I started reading and it was like, I really like this, the earlier portion of it as well. And I need to, I need to get started with that to, to kind of formulate context for this whole thing. And so I'll be reading in Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 51. And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make it ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home to my, at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Um, and we look at it, and it's like, well, hey, that was, that was an interesting reading here, but now what can we get out of it? And, and I like the way it starts off. And he, it came to pass, when the time was come, that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. So he was very aware of it, what he was facing. This wasn't just something that he was going to, this isn't something that he just lightly faced. And as I think about the things that when, um, you know, all of us have things that we, we dread doing. My guess is that Keith would have probably liked to go almost anywhere rather than to church today. You know, but um, 
you know, it's a brotherhood. We should all rejoice in that fact of, of being received into the brotherhood. But the fear of man is something that is prevalent in today's society, and we just, we're, we're, just, we're just worried. And I don't think that Jesus was looking forward to this trip to Jerusalem at all. He wasn't, this wasn't something that he was looking forward to, and his disciples went with him. But they sent some people ahead of him to um, go to Samaria and kind of prepare, you know, hey, would you have a, I mean, from what I get out of it, it doesn't say this specifically, but from what I get out of it, it was like, hey, would you have a place for us to stay? Or, or you know, um, Jesus is going on to Jerusalem, but we'd like to stop over here in Samaria. The Samaritan says, no way. If you're not going to be here and, and giving your attention to us, we want nothing to do with us. And, and these well-meaning disciples, James and John, they, they looked up and they said, Jesus, shall we, shall we call fire down from heaven like Elias did and destroy these little Samaritans? I mean, they're a bunch of no-goods. Um, look at them. They, they aren't even going to give us board and room here. Um, and I can just imagine Jesus looking, looking at his disciples and saying, Are you kidding me? These guys don't get it. What is the matter with them? I've, I've, I've walked with them for three years or two and a half years or whatever it was, and they still don't get it. But you know, are those disciples today, are they any different than we are today? I mean, the disciples back then, are they different than, than we are today? Um, you know, if there's, a, if there's a brother in the church that disagrees with me, you know, you probably shouldn't be part of my church. If, if, if there's a little rebel in my family, um, it would really be nice if you wouldn't be part of my family, if you're just going to drag my family name down. I, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, maybe... Maybe there's another person that doesn't, you know, maybe my business partner or doesn't have quite the same vision that I do. Or maybe, maybe there's a lazy person on my crew and I just, I just don't really care for him at all. And it'd be so easy to just say, you know, fire, come down from heaven and consume this, this no good. And I don't think that, that there again, the, the disciples had this market cornered back then where they were, that they were, um, you know, that they felt like they were the only ones that were better than the rest of them that they should be able to call. You know, we look at it and say, well, they were protecting Jesus. This was good. But selfish motives so often come into play where we don't, we don't possibly, we don't even understand ourselves exactly where they're coming. But I do think that the, the disciples were coming from a human perspective, not from a Christ perspective. And Jesus said, I haven't, I'm not here to destroy people, but I'm here to save them. And isn't that, shouldn't that be our goal today, is that we should be here to help save people, not to destroy them. Then we go on and do, um, For the, yeah, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy the man's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. And it came to pass that as they went on the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now this man was a dynamic person. I think he, he really, he was, 
He was in it. He wanted to serve the Lord. And Jesus, shouldn't he have just been, he should, shouldn't he have just been blessed? It's like, whoa, this guy wants to follow me. Um, this, is, this is great. Um, sure, come ahead. You know, that would have been, that would have been my first thought. You know, let's, let's get on board. Let's get as many people on board as possible. There again, Jesus knew his heart. I think, you know, I look at it and it's like, well, what was wrong with that request? But I think Jesus knew his heart and he saw that this person was probably, possibly, maybe the type of person that he was looking at and it's like, you know, Jesus really does a lot of neat miracles. I mean, when you go read earlier in Luke 9 and the things that he did, he cast out devils. He, um, what all did he do? Um, and there was, there was just a lot of good stuff. He fed the multitudes. And, and you know, this is kind of a, a great guy that I'd like to follow because it, it probably is not going to hurt my agenda. But Jesus told him, he said, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but I have nowhere to, to lay my head down. I'm, it's, a, it's not a comfortable life that I'm, that I'm living. Um, and, and I think that's in today's society, and I, this might be maybe coming too much from a materialistic standpoint, but um, you know, the Michael Jordans, and excuse me because you'll see from what era I'm from, the Michael Jordans and the Babe Ruths um, didn't make it. Oh, I better throw in Tom Brady for those of you younger set here. Um, and the uh, Emory Gingrich's, um, you know, they didn't make it by sitting on their seat and watching things happen. They worked for it. They focused. They had a focus. I think Babe Ruth, when he went up for, for a hit, he was focused on hitting that ball and making, sending it into a home run hit. That was, that was his focus. And I think that he, he practiced, and he practiced, and he practiced. And I, I believe that he traveled many, many, many miles, thankless miles, and probably ate some pretty bad food. Well, I don't know if he did or not. But, you know, we can, there's a lot of these people that have gone a long road and have faced some fairly miserable, uh, con or had some fairly miserable moments in their lives where, it was not just about the fame and the glory that they have. And, and, but I'm afraid sometimes, maybe possibly that is the thing that we're looking at. Instead of focusing on God, we're focusing on some of the more materialistic things. And, and I don't think, I think that this, this man still had a lot to learn. But when I, when I think about the, um, you know, Jesus not having a home, and, and I, I look later in the chapter as, as we read about the, the other two men that approached Jesus. You know, maybe he was kind of, he's kind of unreasonable with his demands, wasn't he? But on the other hand, when you have no house, you have uh, no home to call your own, isn't it a whole lot easier to hear God? Um, isn't it a lot easier to pick up homes? We can... Uh, I mean, pick up our whatever we need to and listen to God's commands and just go rather than to, you know, it's like, well, you know, we would love to do this, but, um, well, I've got a few other things that I need to take care of. Um, 
So he told him that he said, no, he, he really doesn't think that he understands. And so then we get down into, um, then we get down into number two guy. And it's in, um, in verse 58, no, in verse 59, and he said, and he said another, and he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. So wouldn't that be a fair thing to, if my dad died, to ask for time off to go bury my father? I, I thought that it sounded like a fair thing. But when we understand the culture of that culture, um, it's quite a bit different than it is today. When they talked about, you know, it would be a little bit like, well, I can't, go do this or that because my parents are old I need to take care of them it might be six months it might be six years or or ten years or fifteen years and basically what he was saying that he said no not at this point in time and I don't think that that that's that much different today in our world today either I mean it's exactly like I said today we look around and we say well it just doesn't work so well right now we've got we've got a few other things our children are still growing up we haven't put them through school um, you know my finances aren't in order I've I've still got debt to pay and you know I'm thinking that maybe closer to retirement might be the time that it'd be better uh, you know I'd be better suited to do your work but you know for right now I think we'll just take take a break you know we won't we won't get too carried away um, yeah and I'm I'm also really I'm pretty busy but you know what when God calls us we can make excuses and and when we when we okay when we say that well we got to wait until we have all of our children out of school before we go do this or before we do that Oftentimes, by the time that that comes up, there's six other reasons why I shouldn't be doing this or that. And it's, I think when the time, um, when the time, when God calls us is the time that we should be listening. And I've got a quote here is, well, I, I asked this question, shouldn't, shouldn't we provide for our family? Shouldn't we, shouldn't our family come first in our lives? Yes, our families are very, very important. But God is first in our lives. And, I, and there's a quote that says, we should take care of our families in obedience to Christ, not instead of obedience to Christ. We should take care of our families in obedience to Christ, not instead of obedience to Christ. Because oftentimes we have so many good intentions about doing things, but there is a saying that says the good intentions are the paved way to hell and i think oftentimes we we think about it as like we see this brother or this sister in need and we say well you know um right now it's not a good time but uh we'll we'll get at it here sooner or later and you know what never got at it we go into verse uh 61 and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home. That sounds fair, too, to me. But I think there again, you know, 
are the cares of this world. I think that a lot of us are probably, um, we say that, well, you know, we do want to follow you, and we start out following him, following Christ, but then at some point in time we say, well, but you know, we'd still like to finish up this one project or, you know, have one more good time with the boys and the girls, you know, before we, before we say goodbye to this portion of our life, because I do understand that this is a huge commitment. Um, there again, I think it's a, it's, it's a selfish motive that sometimes, sometimes keeps us from following God the way that, that we should. Um, and now we're going down into verse 62 that I've been, that I've been wanting to get started on. And, and I still, and I, I took this, excuse me, well, Keith's not here today. And so um, I guess it's okay to quote from something other than King James, but I think it would have been anyway. This is the contemporary English version. <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed it. Anyone who starts plowing and keeps looking back isn't worth a thing in the kingdom of God. That is just pretty easy to understand language. And so what's he talking about? And a lot of, a lot of us here today don't plow anymore, but I still do. And so I understand the concept of the plowing thing about looking back. When I start a, a furrow, I am not looking at my tires in order to, to direct the path that, that I'm heading to. I've got, a, I've got a stake or a tree or a fence post or something at the other end that I'm focused on. And I'm not, I must say that I do usually glance back to see, you know, to make sure that the plow is still coming and it's in the ground and uh, the other thing. But, there's a focal point up there that I'm focusing on that I always come back to. So what happens when I spend too much time looking at that really nice straight furrow that I'm plowing? All of a sudden we get a crook in there. And I think that's what happens so often in, in our lives today is that I'm I'm kind of feeling like things are going well, things are in control, and I look back. And all of a sudden, there's a crook in there. And it takes a whole lot of time and a whole lot of energy to, to straighten that crook out again. At some point in time, you take a little off and a little off, and you, you finally can get it straight if you work on it. But it's a whole lot better if you just concentrate on focusing on Jesus Christ. Um, it, it's just amazing, I think, how sometimes we can, we can experience the new birth. We can have that, the, the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And somehow we lose that vision. We lose that, that focal point. And all of a sudden, we're, like it says in 2 Peter 2, uh, verses 20 to 23, possibly, um, it, it, it talks about, and I, I should just read it, but it talks about the dog that goes back to its mom and he sees, you know, we look at it and there's plenty of other good things to eat. Why would a dog look at that pile of puke that he's got there and it's like, yummy, yummy, I'm having this for supper, you know, it's got to all go back in again. 
That is exactly the way that we operate sometimes. And then there's that nice, clean, pink pig that, you know, she's, she's nice and clean. And what does she do? We wash her off and she heads back for that wallow and she gets right back in there and we'll, uh, 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 and she's really happy. Isn't that the way that I am today too sometimes? You know, we're dead to sin and yet I go back and I just wallow around in it. That is so disgusting, and I, why would somebody do it? Let's read 2 Peter um, 20, 2 Peter 2, I don't think, I don't think um, 2 Peter has 20 chapters, 2 Peter 2, verses 20 to 22, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter ends as worse with them than at the beginning. For it had been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Let's not be that person that is looking back, um, but let's, let's keep our focus on, on Jesus. Um, there's also another, another chapter and verse in, in Matthew, and the seventh chapter, uh, he's got three verses. Um, and it kind of just jumps here in the end in the middle of nowhere, but it, I think it, it still makes a good point. And sometimes when we, when we think we're, we're like the disciples, you know, when we're wanting to call fire down from heaven, we say, you know, um, well, let's just read it in Matthew 7, in verse 20 to 22, 23. Wherefore, by thy fruits, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Sometimes it's a whole lot easier to recognize the fruits than you would think that they are, but, but it is um, usually in the end after, you know, after we've touched it, tasted it, and felt it, we can tell the difference. And I think that's the same way with in, our, in our Christ, living for Christ, I think that's the way that it is too sometimes. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in, that, in thy name? I think it's, um, it, I, think it's I, I should reread that. Let's have, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and thy uh, name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, probably some of the saddest words that we'll ever read in the Bible, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And I'm not, I don't think that it's necessarily talking about, um, you know, have we not prophesied in that name? Have we not cast out devils? It's not necessarily casting about, talking about people that cast out devils or have prophesied in thy name. It's not necessarily talking about those people, but I do think that sometimes we do the right things for the wrong motives. And I think that that's, that's, what, that's what God 
or what Christ was talking about in, at this point. Because I do think that sometimes we have what we consider, well, it makes perfect sense in my, my thinking, but does it make sense in God's thinking? Is that what God wants for me? Does he have a, does he have a bigger and a better plan? And am I, am I in God's will? Does, am I where he wants me to be? So, um, the three questions I've, that I've got today is what is our focus? Is it our comforts? Our, our, do we need that nice house? If we don't have that nice house to live in and a pillow to lay our ha heads on, then that means that I'm not, I don't want to be a part of following Christ. Is it our commitments? Is it my construction? Is it my farming? Is it my mechanic work? Um, is it my windmill building? Or is it our family? We just, we're just we so busy with our family right now, we don't have time to, to follow Christ. Or is Christ the one that I'm following? I just recommend us that we should all just hang out with Paul a little more. In Philippians 3, um, he wrote a couple of verses that I copy, copied down, 13 and 14. He said, brethren, I count not myself apprehended. I don't count this as a, I don't count this as myself as being in prison or, or now that I'm living for, for the Lord, that I'm, I'm a restricted, con, uh, uh, confined individual. He doesn't consider himself apprehended. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That the last song that Shane sang or led, may the Lord depend on you. Can he depend on me? Can he depend on you? I hope so. May the Lord bless you.